Silicon has been around long enough. It's time for a younger and far more fit challenger to take over semiconductor material dominance. Gallium nitride power devices are smaller, faster, more reliable, and comparably priced. At this point, there are a few reasons not to use GANFETs and ICs. The GAN Talk podcast is a series of interviews with the people behind the rise of gallium nitride in power electronics. This interview-style podcast series talks to the visionaries, leaders, researchers, and engineers using gallium nitride to disrupt the power electronics industry. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the GAN Talk podcast. Our guest today is Alex Lido, CEO and co-founder of Efficient Power Conversion. Welcome to the first episode of the GAN Talk podcast, Alex. Hey, thanks very much, Rick. You know, before before we get into the questions, um, I wanted to just to, to for our listeners and for our viewers uh, talk about GAN. I can remember several years ago when we were at APEC, and GAN was at the time wasn't as ubiquitous as it was when we just came back from APEC in Houston or PCIM uh, in Europe back seven years ago. Still was quote unquote a, a evangelical type of product line. Uh, there were some talk about it, but silicon was the dominant factor at the show. So here we are seven years later, we're at APEC in Houston, and GAN or wide band gap is everywhere. We saw that in Houston at APEC, we see that at PCIM in Europe. But here we are today, we still have these roadblocks, these myths, these this perception is reality thing about pricing, ease of use, and reliability. So we want to thank you for joining us today. We're going to ask you questions to dispel these myths for the power electronics engineers. So let's get right into it. Let's get into the first question. Do GANFETs and ICs cost more than silicon-based power MOSFETs and ICs? Uh, well, the answer is basically no. Uh, the You know, in 2015 was the first time we crossed over the cost barrier with MOSFETs. Uh, and, and since then, GAN has been continuously pacing MOSFETs price declines, uh, maybe even outpacing them. So today, if you look at uh, you know, the EPC cross-reference, put in your MOSFET part number, and you'll see most of the time, GAN will be priced in the middle of the pack. It's not the cheapest, it's not the most expensive either. Mm -hmm. uh, and in high volumes, we are extraordinarily competitive. Uh, companies that are aggressive in their markets and want to gain market share have found that out. And that's how we've uh, gained many, many high volume customers uh, where they actually displace power MOSFETs directly. Right. So another question or myth that we see and that we hear from, from engineers is, is that uh, GAN FETs and ICs are harder to use. The ease of use, uh, they're obviously very fast devices, and it does take a power engineer to up their skills. Um, how, how, do we, how do we respond to that? I think it's, it's partially true. Uh, it is a little bit harder because uh, it's maybe the, similar to driving a Ferrari at high speed compared to driving a stick shift Volkswagen. Uh, it takes uh, more refined skills. Uh, now, the GAN devices are much faster, so they're sensitive to layout particularly parasitic inductances. Uh, also, there are fewer uh, peripheral components available, uh, drivers mm. and, and other, and even controllers that are fast enough to keep up with GAN. Now that, that part's changing rapidly. 
Uh, plus, EPC is uh, uh, launching many integrated circuits that take away a lot of the problems of finding um, peripheral components like drivers or level shifters. Uh, and uh, this integration is focused on taking away the sensitivity to layout as well. So I think that, uh, you know, if, if, if people want to be at the leading edge in their industries, uh, the, the, the difficulty of using GAN is much, much less than it was a few years ago. And in some cases with our integration, it's even easier than silicon. Right. So, so GAN devices from EPC are very small. And one of the things that we've heard from customers over the years is I'm having some issues thermally with these devices. Thermally, it's a problem. It's a challenge. How, how do we respond to those that are using the devices now or maybe those that are on the fence thinking about using them but have this, this myth or this roadblock in their mind that, boy, if I use this device, I'm going to have some problem thermally? Yeah, we hear that quite a bit. Uh, you know, GAN devices for the same power handling uh, are, are about five to ten times smaller than a MOSFET. Um, however, the chip scale packages that we make and even the package devices, which are virtually chip scale, they just wrap a small piece of epoxy around our device, um, are about uh, six to ten times more efficient than the MOSFET packages for the same size. So you, you actually gain it all back and more because the GAN devices don't, don't dissipate as much heat. They are more efficient in the circuit. Uh, because of the high speed, there are less switching losses, so they tend not to run as hot, and then they are much, much easier to cool down. So you really can't harvest all that extra power density, uh, a cooler device in a much smaller size. Right. Now, this next question, I, I read a great quote this morning, and I, and I wanted to share it. Testing leads to failure, and failure leads to understanding. That was Bert Rutan. He's an aerospace engineer who was responsible for Voyager back in 1986. And I know that efficient power conversion has been leading uh, the way when it comes to gallium nitride reliability oh. testing. GAN is not reliable. That's another myth that's out there. What do we say to the power engineer who has that, uh, that thought or that idea? I mean, well, it's just not true. Uh, and usually the people who are purveying that, um, that myth are silicon MOSFET providers. And the reason is that GAN is proving to be much, much more reliable than power MOSFETs. And it starts off with uh, the fact that GAN is a, a wideband gap crystal, which has, uh, because it's wideband gap, that is a result of a tighter chemical bond between the gallium and the nitrogen compared to the silicon atoms in the silicon crystal. That tighter bond means it's harder to break the bond. And so it means that GAN is much less sensitive to temperature effects than silicon, for example, uh, and operates quite happily at very high temperatures. Uh, and therefore, at the normal temperatures that we, we run circuits at, GAN is, is basically not even thinking about the temperature at that point. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing is that, you know, EPC has spent an awful lot of time uh, taking our devices and, uh, you know, back to the Burt Rutan quote that you made a few minutes ago and destroying them, uh, you know, right. basically flying them until the wings fall off and then analyzing right. why the wings fell off and then making stronger wings. Um, and we've been doing that for years. So, 
over uh, over those years, we've developed a very good understanding of the root cause failure mechanisms. Uh, and, and we bolstered the devices in all those places to make these things the most rugged devices I think ever made. Um, we have uh, you know, over 400 billion hours we've documented in just automotive and telecom applications with only three failures. And those were five years ago for a problem that we did, we fixed at the time. That's two orders of magnitude better than the best MOSFET data reported. And we're not alone. Other GAN companies are also reporting similar results as are, as are our customers. That's amazing. Now, I know for our listeners on the podcast, if you're listening, we also have this on our YouTube channel, uh, the video of this episode. And Alex, you talked about that. And I know that you are a big proponent of textbooks. And this goes back to your days as the head of uh, International Rectifier at CEO. Um, so GAN devices, GAN power devices and applications has a whole section on reliability as well as other things about DC to DC motor control. Uh, go to the EPC YouTube channel, subscribe and like, you can go to the EPC website and get a copy of this book. But I know that this is a very popular book and is, it'd be a potent tool for the engineer in their toolbox. That's right, Rick. And uh, by the way, the chapter two also has extensive uh, tables on thermal properties of our devices and also, uh, you know, using them in a thermally managed system. Great. Well, so I want to thank you for taking the time uh, today for our first episode of the GAN Talk podcast. And uh, for our listeners and our viewers, thank you very much. Thanks, Rick.